time four. Pretty good. The best part in my mind. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's so fucking It's my favourite, but it is easily my favourite. Yeah. I don't, I don't really like, like like ranking things, but part four is my favourite. It's so good. It's like, it's got a nice tight constraint while also still having fucking ridiculous everything. Everyone hates Josuke. Everyone loves Koichi. Everyone on the internet hates Koichi and I was really afraid you would. So I deliberately planted the seed in your brain that he was a great character and it sprouted into <laughs> sincere love. Yeah, but to be fair, he is. I incepted you. <laughs> He's just a great dude. Everyone loves Koichi. <laughs> and they should love Koichi. All my friends are wrong about him. Okay? <laughs> we've, we've got one of our friends. He hates him. He fucking despises Koichi. And I was like, he's so good. And he always goes, no, no, you're just fucking wrong. You're just wrong. You're not allowed at my campaign if this keeps up. <laughs> I was like, fine. Koichi's shit. He's like, that's it. Get out of my campaign. Oh, it's so good. Rohan. The game really changes when Rohan is introduced. It I does think. because he has infinite power. Of I'm just gonna take your mind and just change it. But also, like, because obviously up until that point we were very focused with dealing with Red Hot Chili Peppers, and we were still meet, still meeting characters that mm. become recurring characters throughout the town. Mm. I feel like Rohan, Rohan's introductory arc is a real tipping point in terms of in terms of. Now, now we're just a bunch of idiots hanging around getting into hijinks. I fucking love it though. It's like they all have intros and then they all keep coming yeah. back. Yukako finally gets the guy. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's maybe not deserved based on her conduct. Not at all, but man, it's beautiful. <laughs> Tamami's uh, still around. He's he's being... The lock guy? Yep, he's hanging out and adjudicating the dice match. <laughs> The pivotal dice match that we all remember so fondly. Well, there's the alien guy who's the dice. Yeah, yeah. And he's all like, if you use me as the dice, I might get a bit tired. But hey, as long as you don't put too much strain on me, it'll be a good time. <laughs> and then Josuke is all like, let's do this, baby. Yoshikage Kira, an iconic anime villain. Ah, oh, classic. Although, back to the dice match. Remember how that gets resolved? The house burns down. Series highlight. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, we've got that one where the guy lives in a power pole thing. We've oh, got yes. Uh, the, Superfly. We've got the rat sniper. The rat. Uh, we've got... I mean, Jotaro shows up for, what, two episodes? He's, oh, he's up in the mix. He's doing things. And it's just rad. Joseph, the invisible baby. Oh, the invisible baby that never comes back ever again. She's around. She's up in the mix. She helps um, Rohan defeat Rock, Paper, Scissors Kid. Does she? Yeah, because he... It looks like Rohan is throwing paper, but in fact, he's holding out the invisible baby, which is throwing rock invisibly, which he wrote on it with his stand to be like, I will throw rock. Uh, oh, the Jenkin kid. Yeah. Oh, oh shit, I do remember this. Highway Star wants to suck Rohan's nutrients. <laughs> Oh god, the nutrients! That feeling when Rohan Kashibe won't give you his nutrients. How can we forget the guy with the gun coming out of like the, oh, the folded up paper? Oh god, just a lot of good. So, so many. Good like we things. said, JoJo thrives on the little moments, and I feel like feel like part four as a whole is centered around the little moments more than any other part. But the best w part would you, is, would you agree to that? Well, I think what makes it is that it ramps up just enough because mm. part five really ramps up the weird. 
but I also feel like I also feel like um, you know the very mundane setting of it really really lets you you focus on the the, the, weird. the, the insanity of those, yes. those moments. So I feel like there's there's of course an iconic um, part three moment uh, in the introduction to the Dan of Steel confrontation, mm. in which Joseph Joestar teaches us about haggling with Middle Eastern traders. Oh yes, I feel like were that moment in part four, it would be a stand battle in its own right. <laughs> But it's so it's like the stark contrast between normal mundanity and this guy just exploded in his high school. Yes, and then like everything takes a sudden dark shift with the murder of Shigechi. Shigechi, who no one likes because he's a fucking troll, who's an abomination, <laughs> an affront to nature itself. Unlike uh, Okiyasu's dad, who was also a troll, but we all love him. Well, yeah, that's because Okiyasu Even though was a he was a horrible, horrible beast who would, like, beat his kids. We need to just find... If we can find a, um, a clip where it's just Okiyasu talking throughout all of Part 4. Yosuke. Hey, it's me, Okiyasu! I'm 38 years old. I've I done smoke a- six packs of cigarettes a day, Josuke. Oh my God. Do you want to come smoke behind the bleachers with me? God, and yes. Josuke's like, no, thank you. That's what <laughs> Josuke sounds like. Um, let's Wait, be- does he? No. Oh, okay. Um, of course, uh, Josuke's mum is also an icon. She slams that guy's face into a car. Oh, so good. We've And how can we forget all the places we've been in Morio? The, the Angelo, Angelo Stone. Stone. Boing Boing Cape. What was Boing Boing? That's where Yukako fell off a cliff and Koichi saved her, thereby saving her life, but also reigniting her undying love for him. Ah, of course. I love that bit. The bit where they're all splitting up to look for someone. Um, Something's gone dreadfully wrong and they're all splitting up to do some serious recon. And Koichi's only role in it is walking down the street and seeing Yukako Yamagishi watching him, then running off into the night. (laughs) Oh, that's right. And then like at some point later in the episode, you just see him be like, oh, hey, guys. Ah." (laughs) So good. So good. Uh, And then they fight Yoshikage Kira and they win. He can Groundhog Day you. Well, his whole thing was... His dad was a ghost who looked at a photograph and yep. flew a crow around. Yeah, but he he stabbed himself again to gain that power. Interestingly distinct from the way that Jorno stabbed his stand with the arrow. Mm. Kira accidentally stabbed himself with the arrow. Accidentally, quote unquote. Yep. And, and gave himself new abilities. He got a new haircut after and getting a new body. And also a new whole new body. Yep. He, uh, he's just kind of an asshole. Remember when he left that sandwich there? Yeah, what a freaking creep. He deserves everything he gets. Uh, remember how his new wife fell in love with him now that he was a serial killer? Yep, yep. And that was like, ooh, what, mm. a, what a weird, strained relationship that didn't really get explored. Remember Thursday, July 15th, 1999? Yes, the I pi- remember. The pivotal day everything hinged on? I remember, but it did happen like five times. Yes, uh, we had, what's, what's the kid's name again? Koichi. No, the kid. <laughs> Hayato Kawajiri. Ah, Kawajiri. Hayato Kawajiri. What a fucking asshole of a hero. <laughs> he learns to be a better person. He by, does. By leaving his reclusive, neat lifestyle. Not neat, he's in education. Um, mm. And he films his parents having sex. <laughs> no, he films, he films his parents pointedly not having sex. Ah, oh, classic. There was that weird plant that showed up at some point. Straight cat. God, a lot of good bits. A lot of good bits mm-hmm. and then, in part four. Um, an ambulance runs over Yoshikage Kira and Arnold the ghost dog bites his hand off and condemns him to hell. Uh, along, of course, with the con- contributions of Raimi Sugimoto. 
Who is, of course, a, also a ghost mm -hmm. whose head got like chopped off. No, her back got stabbed a lot. Her back got stabbed a lot. And then, um, yeah, she uh, ascends to heaven, I believe. And everyone is happy. Except <laughs> for uh, Kawajiri, who now has a dead father, and her mum is going to be like real sad for it. But at least he doesn't have a serial killer for a father. That's true. Anymore. That's also true. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, he had a dead father since the events of Sheer Heart Attack. That is true. That is true. Nick, we've talked for an hour, we're just getting to part five. Alright, this is a good time for part five to happen. Mm-hmm. John Giovanna wants to be a gangster, <laughs> but first let's hang out with Koichi for a while. Did we ever Okay, so how is how is Jono connected to the Joe Star family? He's Dio's son. He's Dio's Dio son. Dio was Jonathan from the neck down. So that means that Jonathan's dick created Jono. Yeah. Man, Jonathan. Such a generous lover. Hundred plus years on, still given. Sure. Your face just went from like, oh, this is a pretty weird joke to, fuck. No. Moving on. Yep. And remember, Jotaro sent Koichi over there to be like, hey, there's this guy. We think he's Dio's son. Maybe just get me a skin sample or something, just in case he's got weird vampire powers and then to cave his brain in. Uh, so Koichi goes. And he's like, that Giorno Giovanna, he stole my luggage. <laughs> he beat me up. It's time for me to get my fucking luggage bag. He's got a golden heart. Oh. And Koichi leaves the story. No. Do we and ever see him again? No. Unless he's in one of the rowing. You asked me this last week. Yeah, but I want a good answer. <laughs> then Jorno's like, I hate the drugs and I hate the kids, but I really look up to that. Can't to that Yeah, to that gangster who saved my life as a kid. I want to be just like him. Now let's never talk about him again. <laughs> I literally don't remember a time that we ever talked about it. It's the Jorno flashback, remember? Everyone hated Jorno about the, this gangster, this gangster, who was being <gasps> hunted by the man. In the, in the coat. Yeah, Jorno yes. was like, he went that away, when in fact he went this away. That's and right. And hid beneath the, um, the vines that Jorno... And then, then every time Jorno was being bullied, the man would loom in the background and then the bullies would be like, Hey, Jorno, come and sit with us, huh? Nice, uh, nice uh, boy. That's Have us some a... extra ice cream. Oh, that's all right. I remember now. And then Jorno was inspired and much like everyone else in the story, he learnt how to be a good person from... Bruno Bucciarati. No, from this mysterious gangster, but who fulfills the same role as Bruno Bucciarati to the other members of our squad. I see. I see. So part five's fucking weird. Look, I don't want to harp on about this, but I feel like it starts really strong. Okay. And then we become mired in the dual missions of get Trish to the boss and then save Trish from the boss. Hmm. And I feel like... I it's so easy to look at any story that exists and be like, it would have been better if they'd done it this way when it's so much harder to write a story from scratch. Yes. But, but I, I just, I would have loved it so much more if it had, had, have, been, had have been like a series of discreet encounters rather than this one, one ongoing mission. Mm, mm. Well, it sort of evolved because they were like, we got to get the boss, but in order to get to the boss, we need to do these things. Yeah, yeah. The problem was it basically involved like four things throughout mm. the entire series. But it wasn't about that. It was about the It was friends. about Trish. Oh. <laughs> it was and the friends. The and, friends. And finding a community, even though society has turned its back on you. Exactly. And then Norantia will swim towards a boat while screaming the themes. <laughs> I just, I love the fact that in this it's not, part... It's not subtext. It's not text. It's super text. Where a character <laughs> looks into the camera and says, this is the theme of the story. Uh, you know, Liam, on a good podcast... We talk, we talk about things that have happened in the show. Much like what's happening now. 
I call this superliminal broadcasting. Hey, you, join the Navy. All right. Um, so I feel like part five's strengths are in its characters more so than its story. Because the story just boils down to they find the boss, they kill the boss because they got Trish. Yeah. And they learnt to love her as one of their own because mm. she too had been abandoned by society, as they all had. But the thing is, the characters. And then Trish, I guess, just goes away at the end. But I think Part 5's other strength is in its elaborate fight setup. Like, more than mm. any other, I would say Part 5 thrives as an action manga, apart from maybe Part 2, but that's, you know, pre-stands, so it's a yeah. different ball game. Yeah, yeah. Because we are dealing with, like, these elaborate, often double battles. Uh, the train situation is going on. Oh my god, the train. Highlight of the the aging and the fishing hook. Yes. But when we uh when we have those double battles, like we're we're learning about the the inter team dynamics of of our opponents, the hitman team, if you will. Thank, thank you. And uh, I think that's really enhanced by those 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 hitman team cutaways. Thank you. Uh, of course, Rosetta Nero remained at large for for many many episodes. <laughs> Wait, okay. So I remember you saying that he shows up before we see any other connection to him. What? Like, what wasn't it like... No, what, what, I, think, I think what you're probably thinking of is they inserted those anime-only Hitman team scenes. Yes. Uh, whereas in the manga, he just shows up to fight Doppio at the end. Yeah, which is like, why? <laughs> oh, so strange. What a bizarre adventure. What a bizarre adventure. Mr. Shoots himself a lot. Um, so much. Narantia got a raw deal. <laughs> Yeah, Narancia really did get a raw deal. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, who else died? Abakio. Abakio, also raw deal. Not as much of a raw deal, but pretty fucking raw. Bruno, I mean, he died, but he got extra time to get his friends to the safety they needed. Yes? That's more than most of us get, thanks to the intervention of a sort of Jesus-like figure, if you will. Giorno Giovanna. A man who can bring the dead back to life, but then inevitably they're already dead. A man with purity of vision and, 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 and the ambition to realise it and the skills to chase that ambition and, of course, the desire to not sell drugs to kids. And, of course, the most overpowered stand in the entire I'm very, show. I'm very intrigued by Giorno's pre-adventure living situation because he lived in what I think was a dorm room. Yep. So was he going to uni or what's going on there? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's paying for it with mafia money? No, because he wasn't in the mafia yet. He was just, like, scamming taxi drive people. Oh, I guess scamming money. Yeah. yeah and that, of course, earned Leaky Eye Luca's ire because it was his turf, mm. which was, of course, the inciting incident of this whole bizarre adventure. Which Without Fugo which... didn't go and see. No, and Mr. also didn't go and yeah. see because Bruno Bucciarati went and see and they fought each other and they had cool fight Cory with boxing, but they recognised kindred spirits in one another where they each said, you're a criminal, but you're a good person. Mm. Let's kill the head of the mafia. <laughs> Such as it was, they both hated the drugs. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish more was done with the dynamic of Giorno and Bruno because mm, it's they, almost like they set up this secret ambition, but because it, it's so inherently a secret from the rest of the squad and they're all always together, it's it's so it's so non-verbal. It's, it's pretty much just like meaningful glances here and there. Apart from, of course, where I think it, it's probably most pivotal, pivotal uh, in the, the handoff, hand, handing over Trish sequence mm. where Giorno, is all, or Giorno and Bruno are like, yep, now's our chance. We're going to betray the boss. Yeah. Tracking, tracking device, blah, blah, blah. You guys can come with us if you want, but mm. you know, whatevs. And then I suppose I suppose the the its other its other main um, two 
depictions are the, I guess I'm dying all along, um, conversation when Bruno's driving them to Rome. Yep. And then, of course, talking to Bruno's big Catholic golden ghost. Yep. <laughs> it's weird, though, because Giorno himself, he has nothing. He does, yeah. He's kind of a blank slate more than any other protagonist, I yeah. would say. He just arrives and is all like, I want to I wanna do this thing. And then he, he, that's it. That's all he does. Giorno, Giorno, he occupies sort of a same... Um, a similar similar role to Jotaro in part three, I'd say, where mm. he is ultimately the one you can always rely on. Uh, yeah. But Jono makes it interesting because he it's his his arrival that kicks the whole chain of events into motion, and then he is just kind of along for the ride. Yes, I guess. Other he's... than, of course, you know, as I said, you know, but the decision to betray the boss. Yeah, yeah. But for, but for so many of the of the um. Just the regular episodes. Yeah. But then they would have always have cutaways to like a different gang member every episode being like, this Giorno Giovanna, he's got such vision. It's almost like he's our leader. And then Abakio would be like, I hate that Giorno Giovanna. Why did Abakio ever hate Giorno? He hated him. But why? Because he wanted to be Bruno's special boy. Oh, I get it. I understand now. I just thought Abakio I overstand. Sort of, I overstand now. I just assumed it was like, oh... I just don't like the cut of his jib. Pretty much, right? Yeah. Remember how he made him drink his piss? And then Jonah was oh, like, yeah. no, it wasn't me. It was the jellyfish. Yeah, but you drank a lot of it. Yeah, but... The jellyfish. It was the, It was totally the jellyfish. We should talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me yeah. thinks he doth protest too much. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a bit of a... My thoughts on part five compared to the other parts is like, it's fine. It's a weird detour. You know? Like, it's still JoJo, so it's still great. Oh, yeah. But it's, yeah. It's just so not connected to anything. Mm. It's just this weird little detour where it's like, it's set in Italy. That's a valid point, though that's not really a priority of mine. I feel like mm. these stories, you know, having them stand alone is not a, is not a, a flaw oh, in my no. eyes. No, no, no. But. That's the strength of an anthology. You can set aside, you know, just two years character. of manga publishing to be like, now we're doing a weird mafia story. <laughs> so good. You know, you've probably picked this up from me, but I'm so much more interested in in like these discrete stories than I am in sort of any sort of overarching meta plot. I mean, if which is still know, interesting in its own right in many ways, but yeah. but to me, where if, it really shines is is in as I've said several times this episode, the moments. But if we had like a speed wagon full arc with his kids, that was totally like a meta thing. Speedwagon babies. Would you just be like, ah, oh, not the speed Jojo, wagon again. agents of Speedwagon Foundation? <laughs> Oh, man. Speedwagon, I thought you died. I did. <laughs> well, how are you back now? Well, have you ever heard of the Pillarman? <laughs> I, I put a limited number of vampire cells in my body to keep me alive. And now I'm running the foundation to fight the vampires. And then, once all the stone masks have been destroyed, then and only then will I allow myself to be destroyed. But can I stay off my vampiric nature until then? This is fine. Like, this would make, like, a C-plus fan fiction. It would, yeah, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, all in all, pretty good. Pretty good show. I think it's, uh... Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Pretty good. Yeah, it's, a, like, egg. It's pretty okay. Pretty okay, yeah. There's some good running jokes. We had some good running jokes. Let's think back to some of them now. I can do 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 I can even lift this boulder. Why am I doing this? Egg is pretty okay. Part three joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All good. Good times, good times, crazy days. That's a destiny. Great days. Great days. That's a destiny came too late. That really would have shined, I think. It really did. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
The fact that that, that that would have found its niche with more episodes. And I think if we ever do part six, we would do well to remember it because that's a destiny will fit in, I think. Oh, good. So, Liam, I have a question. Yeah. What are we doing now? Well, Nick, now we're going to do the next part of the episode that we actually plan to do. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about some series highlights and lowlights. Oh, hit me with them. Hit me with your highlights. Mm. Now, of course, I do want to caveat that... I'm not a big favourites guy. Like, I'm going to highlight a moment here. Oh, go on. But it's not necessarily, you know, my favourite JoJo. I just like things, you know? I don't really feel the Pick need... Pick a mo. I don't Pick feel the mo. need to rank things. I don't really feel the need to rank different parts or different JoJos. It's not the way my brain works, you know? What about if you it, have to? Then I'll, I'll participate in the exercise. But I want to make my objections known. <laughs> <laughs> you just sit there being like, I don't like this scale. I don't like what it's doing, and I don't like you, but I'll participate nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that is that a weird thing that 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 my brain does not really wired towards like ranking? Yes, I think is that's that a weird. thing most people do. Like, favorite movie, favorite color. Well, I think a lot of people like being like, is it better than this? You know, where it's like, is it better? But intrinsically, nothing can be better than anything because it's all just different. I mean, I feel like if I if I wouldn't if I needed to. Unless it's like a katsu, then you're like, that was a better katsu than before. You know, I feel like if I were ranking parts of Judge's Bizarre Adventure, I'd probably put part five on the lower end of the scale. But mm, indeed. I haven't I have no desire to like formally number like, ah yes, this is the number one JoJo's Bizarre Adventure part in Liam's Fuck eyes. It, I'll rank him. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Are you ready? Series highlights. Boom. Ranked. Number five is part five. That's right, it's the lowest. Hang on, are you ranking all the different JoJo's Bizarre Adventure stories? Parts. Okay, yeah. Part right. five, the lowest. No. Part five, the lowest. Five is five. Number four on the list will be part three. You know why? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's it's fine. Yep. It's it's finding its feet. Mm. It's doing new things, but it's doing them well. Number three, part one. Just because it was like, we're getting into it, we're getting yeah, into again, it. Again, finding its feet, but, but good doing moments. cool things. Then, part two. Joseph so Joestar's big bonanza. Actually, no, you know what? Flip two and one. Okay. So number three is part two. Number two is part one. I do really like part one. Like, it gets overlooked a lot. Mm. I think it's underrated. Listener, there's nine episodes. Go back and watch all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure part one. There's a compiled movie of it on Crunchyroll. It's good. It's very good. But not as good as part four. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure part four. The moment that I would like to highlight from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is as follows. (laughs) The moment dun, 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 in dun, which, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, God, what do I want to pick as a series highlight for uh, me? Uh, what is the moment when <laughs> Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines moment? Moment, uh, a period of time that occurs generally small. Two, uh, a delicious biscuit, comma melting. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll pick one. <laughs> I like the bit. Series highlight. I like the bit where Polnareff. Actually, no, I think the most hype moment in the entire series by far is the second last episode of part three. When it's like heartbeat stopping, Polnar F is showing up, everything is tense mm-hmm. as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're just there being like, oh my god, <laughs> this is a near flawless episode of entertainment, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember that episode that we did for the pod was like... We were just hype as fuck. We didn't even go get coffee or anything. <laughs> we were just like, and then yeah. this happens, and then this happens, and then and it's like, oh my god, the entire episode is amazing. 
You know what, Nick? You're right. I'm not going to pick that moment. But I do want to give an honourable mention to from part three, uh, the Derby situation. Oh, Mr. That's Joster. All, that's all just all great. So um, good. But I want to highlight as my moment the climax and final con- final final part of the confrontation with Yoshikaka Kira. Mm. Because it's just so, so gratifying. Um, what's the word? Uh, Cohesive. No, no, no. Um, and satisfying. A word like, yeah, like satisfying. Um, uh, gratuitous. It's vindicating. Uh. To, for this, for this, like, absolute c-word who has been keeping the protagonist successfully at mm. arm's length mm. for ever since they've become aware of him for him to just finally get within josuke hikashikata's reach and for him to be like all right i'm gonna fuck you up now and yes. then he does and kira's like but i thought i was the most powerful and i was just running away because it was easier the cuck and a half gets what he deserves yeah, it's just like, no, mate, you suck. You're just really full of yourself. We all hate you, and we're glad you're dead. Oh, and so even good. the dead people are glad that you're getting condemned to hell by grasping ghost arms. Oh, so good. Okay, if even I, the dead dislike him, you know? I don't like ranking things. If I had to rank JoJo's Bizarre Adventure villains, Yoshikaga Kira would be my number one. Damn! Is this In terms of main villains. Okay, all right. Is this including the manga that has not been made into anime? Yeah, I think so. Damn. Damn. He's just... He's, he's, it's all downhill from here. He's then. both so hateable. Mm. But um, in, in the episodes that focus on him, it does a really good way of bringing you around to his perspective. Yeah. And you're just like, I understand where you're coming from. I, but that is not... I think your conclusions are, are abominable. <laughs> but I see what's driving you. And like to a degree, I respect that. <laughs> it's like, I understand. I get it. I understand. I... You want to fuck hands. We've all been there. <laughs> Like, you want to just murder people, take their hands, and just have them stroke you. We've all had that dream. And by the same token, I think Diavolo is, he's, as far as JoJo's Bizarre Adventure villains go to me, he's a bit, uh, bit, of, a, bit of a let down. Mm, mm. Well, the thing is, uh, I was talking to, who was it? I was talking to Patty from GameCloud. Of course, from the GameCloud Games Journal and website that Nick, of course, used to be a managing editor of, which has gotten him a citation on Wikipedia in the page for ludonarrative dissonance. Which, by the way, I was both quoted on Wikipedia almost in full on one paragraph <laughs> and in a scientific article for a PhD candidate at the University of Tokyo. Great. By Frederick Nick, something. I'm sorry to stop you there. <gasps> I ran a Twitter poll yesterday and oh. the results are in. The best way for people to refer to Batman when he's absent <laughs> is the Batman. As opposed to Batman or the Bat. You would say, watch out, the Batman is over there. Or ah. it's simple, we kill the Batman. I see. Well, anyway, naturally. back to what you were saying. <laughs> How many of these polls do you run that you don't tell me about, Liam? None. You know what's amazing Nick, now? You know I tell you about everything interesting I do on my Twitter. It's true, you really do. You know what's amazing now is that I could actually, in theory, get sent all the JoJo's memes from the anime. Yeah. This is an amazing time to be alive. I'm up to date. You're up to date. I'm From in. a certain perspective. I'm in the system. We would be remiss if in our overarching recap, just to circle back, we didn't talk about the two Rohan Kashibe OVAs. Ah. Uh, of course, where sweet dear Gurchep met his end. <laughs> Uh, and where Rohan Kishibe had to participate in the corncob challenge. Now, if I remember correctly, the corncob challenge was about etiquette. Yes. And Gertrude The etiquette was... of eating a corncob so the mountain gods wouldn't curse you forever. Meanwhile, Gertrude was about a man named Gertrude. Gunpei. Who drank blood. No, 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 no. Although... Gertrude 
died and fell and hit his head. And, and the his, lady yeah, had to drink blood. his blood to hide it from the murder she thought she had committed. And then Rohan was almost duped into a similar situation by these sinister yokai. But then he used the power of heaven's door to revive the dead. Mm. You know, it reminds me of a Junji Ito story that I read the other night. Junji Ito stories, of course, book club coming to patreon.com slash Jojo's World. Oh boy. I wanted to read Haruki Murakami, but now I'm going to get super scared. <laughs> well, it's not scary. It's just dreadful. Like there, there is, I'll give this to you. There's a story called The Human Chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about a human chair. Kind of. It's about well, a human chairipede. No. But yes. So basically, there's this lady who walks into a shop, like who knows where, with like this artisan chair maker. And she's all like, I want a comfy chair. I'm trying to write a book. I'm actually a bit of a famous novelist. And he's like, yes, I think I've heard of you. In fact, come with me. I think there's a chair that you'd like to see. Goes into the back. And it's like, this is actually from ancient Japan. This chair, which has been ref... Well, no, this isn't the chair, but... It's been refurbished and like blah, 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 whatever. But it actually has a bit of a tail about it. And she's like, oh, what's the tail? Like, well, I'm going was... to get a condensed version of this. We've been recording for 90 minutes. Yeah, there, there's another like famous novelist back in ancient Japan. And she was having a bit of a rut. So she thought, oh, maybe I just need to buy and like something to get my, you know, woes done. Like a new chair. Comes home one day. There's a chair there. And she's like, oh, look at that. Someone has sent me this lovely chair. Great. Has a seat. Starts writing all this new stuff. And she's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And then gets a letter. And it's like, I hope you're finding the new chair great. I really enjoy being there with you. <laughs> and she's like, uh... And there's a human in the chair. There's a human in the chair. Great. However... She falls in love with the human in the chair and they get married and have beautiful Junji Ito babies. No. They... they she kind of goes a bit crazy for a while. It's like, there's a man in that chair. They find the guy in the chair, put him in jail or whatever. Oh, no. Uh, Nick, you need to condense this. Runs away. Lady then runs away as well. Nick, I'm going to split this into two episodes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Because we are not nearly done. We are not nearly done at all. Uh, So, lady runs away because she's gone crazy. Be like, there was a human in my chair. Um, Guy from the chair has also run away. They can't find him. Back to present day. The guy is like, and did you know that the guy who ran away is related to me? Is it me? What if I... His name was... Me. Not quite. It's like, I'm a descendant and I'm sure this chair would definitely be helpful to you. And she goes, ah, no, I think I'm good. Runs off and Mm -hmm. is like, I'm still having that rut. I don't know what to do. Comes back home, opens the door and there's a new chair waiting for her. And it's being like a (sighs) kind of sound. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. It's to spin some bullshit out of my ass quickly. If Jojo... Like any good spider. If Jojo's Bizarre Adventure finds joy in the little moments that become bizarre and... And, <laughs> and weird and, and, and delightful. Yeah. Jinji Ito finds horror in the little things of life that become full of ominous dread. There's a short story I'm going to send you that's him reciting, Oh, I really like that manga artist and I love him. And it has a face of him drawn himself being like, oh, It's so amazing! But looking at it, you're like, Ah... <laughs> Nick, series lowlights, I of course flagged that mine was the fact that I had to add a big dreadful asterisk to strength. Mm, mm. That is a bit of a big lowlight. Mm-hmm. But consider, um, can't really think of anything much worse than strength. Yeah. It's kind of the worst point in the whole series. <laughs> um, 
Are there any other... Uh, Alessi is also pretty uncomfortable. Alessi? You know, Polnareff gets turned into a baby and bathed oh, by, yeah. a, by a woman and then chased around the house naked by Alessi. Yeah, not amazing, but it's still better it's, than... It's not that overt, other than some stuff baby Polnareff gets into. It's like not that overtly sexualized mm. of a minor. Mm. Just, you know, not great, but not as bad as the rape ape. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, not good. Nick. There was also the rape top, the the laptop. Ah, which, yes. Also, yep. also, uh, also not amazing. Nope. Uh, at least that was, and this is a this is such a hesitant like at least, but at least that was like a like a spiritual um, invasion rather than a physical one. Oh God, like not good, not good, not good, not good at all. Um, any songs, either um, opening or closing, or just like uh, background music that have really stuck with you? Low Light, Crash. Chase. Chase. See, that's how bad it is. I've even forgotten what it's called. <laughs> it's like the worst possible song. It's not so Jojo. It's not so good. <laughs> like, someone like tweeted at me the other day being like, uh, what was the best Jojo's music? And some guy was like, Crash is still probably the Chase. best. Uh, sorry, Chase. Fuck, it's just... Chase Bandicoot. Yep. So Chase is clearly still just a good JoJo song. I will fight you. Someone was like, don't tell Nick about this. And I immediately looked at it and went, I'm not even going to even attempt <laughs> to respond. Okay, I'm not going to try. But here's what I think. Oh no, I'm not even entering. If I do that, I lose. <laughs> you know? It's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, I think maybe there's credence to Flat Earth. And you're like... Oh, I could try to just... I could try, but it'll make me more angry than do any good in the world. <laughs> Roundabout, clear winner. Clear Roundabout, winner. great. I just want to give some, some mentions to um, some of the... Some of the... Actual car- internal songs? Yep, some of the internal songs. Jono's theme, Slaps. Yep, yep, yep. Also, Kakuin's theme, Virtuous Pope. Yep, you love that. You love that. Um, also, Jonathan Joestar's... Yep. Like, just what I was rising thinking. heroic music. Da- um... There is. Uh... I feel like oh um on on a on a less just like the protagonist is turning the momentum thing the like slow sly um Yoshikage Kira piano ah the Killer Queen knockoff yeah yeah yep. <laughs> uh, the Pillar Men theme obviously a banger and a half yeah yeah sure it's just good it's good shit oh man oh man. What a good show. What a good show. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I want to know what's going on next. Any stands or stand powers you want to... Oh, God. Or Hamon abilities that you particularly enjoyed. There have been quite a few that I've been like, that's fucking great. Or vampire abilities. Or pillarman abilities. I do... Okay, I'm not going to say it's an ability, but Nazi ability to create a man so keen on Nazi ideology that he had to create himself into a cyborg. I mean, he didn't do it to himself. Yeah, but He still. didn't build it in a cave with a pile of scraps. Ah, true that, true that. But he, like, just some of the shit that he pulled off is just like, hey, yeah, guess what? UV laser eye. Surprise Nazi powers. And you're like, what the fuck? Great, um, great use of unlimited power by cars. Yep, yep. Great ability naming... By Straitzo, um, even though he was ripping off a Dio power, he did, of course, get his brand on point and give it the name Space Ripper Stingios. Yep, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, of course, have the stand powers such as taking over your dreams. Death 13. Such as stopping time. The world. And Star Platinum as, the world. Such as Darby. Um, 
Yep. Not so much with the Egyptian god names. And uh, turning into dice to win. Turning into dice to win. Uh, Turning people into books. Turning people into different sorts of book. Reading the future with a book. Yep. Uh, Ancient Egyptian manga. I actually really like Shigechi's power just because it's like kind of dumb, but also kind of amazing. Yep. Uh, Turning an anatomical drawing dummy into someone and then the dummy hates you because that person hates you because you suck. Wait, what was that? That was Surface. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Oh, yes. Man, that guy was a little creep. He deserved everything bad that happened to him. Uh, Nutrients, obviously amazing. Nutrients, a highway star. There was, of course, one of my favourite stands was the shark. The shark and the tongue. Just just like, oh my god, the shark. The teleporting shark. The teleporting shark. Fucking incredible. Uh, There's, oh, the thing that moves... The, di- oh. the guy who ran up and died intentionally. Notorious B.I.G. Notorious B.I.G. Rest in peace, Notorious B.I.G. R.I.P. B.I.G. Rip Big. Um, and yeah. Rip, Rip Big Pig, I guess, is the... <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Spice Girl. Spice Girl. Oh, my God. Mister! Oh, my God. Anytime <laughs> I hear that, I, I'm just... I, re- I thought it would be way more annoying than it was. It starts off really annoying and then you get used to it real quick. <laughs> Mister! We haven't got the... It's like, oh, yes. We have a gun, the thing with the gun, mister. The gun's jamming, mister. Spaghetti, mister. <laughs> it's lunchtime, mister. Keep up your nutrients, mister. <laughs> One of them should have just had a really deep baritone. <laughs> Hi, I'm number seven. In the English dub, it should be like, mister, you need to be fed. Yeah, mister, you need to. Yes, mister. Yeah, mate. Here I am. <laughs> I'm number seven. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's like... Yeah, all right, Cobber, you want me to go uh, redirect these bullets? All right, that's going to cost you time and a half at this time of night, though. It's like that classic, um, like, trope where someone is always being, like, super high-pitched voice, like, maybe a bit girly. And they clear their throat. And and then they're just like, no, I will not stand for this specific thing. Anyway, back to being chirpy. Oh, I thought it was like, um... Mister, I'm a... Oh, yeah, the the gun broke because we weren't properly maintaining it. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I forget. I keep forgetting to take my lozenges. This is my <laughs> neutral voice. How can we overlook? How how can we overlook honourable mention to making zips so much cooler than they have any right to be? How did he pull that off? We saw how he pulled it off. But it still doesn't make sense to me. How did it actually, like... You see, the thing about zips is you can take things apart with them, you can move with them. <laughs> but it's just so dumb. It's like, well... It- it's like it has no right to be that cool. And yet, the sheer utility of it is amazing. Yep. Oh my god. You can zip up you can zip up into pieces your own heart because a fishing man oh is trying to god. kill you. Oh my god, it's just ridiculous. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, so good. Actually legitimately so fucking good. Really like Silver Chariot. Yep. Yep, Silver Chariot good, especially when he takes off the armor and you're like, ooh. Yeah, and then he never does it again. <laughs> maybe yeah. once or twice. I thought he did it once again. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know what? I wasn't really a big fan of uh, how Avdol came back to life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just in general. Just that really bugged me. And then he just dies. He didn't really do much after he came back either. Oh, he yeah, Polnareff with the uh, the genie. That was when he came back. Yeah, I didn't really like that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how Polnareff, how a clay doll of his sister was trying to eat his flesh? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a good that was time. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, fun fact that I only realised recently. Mm-hmm. So you know how when Polnareff is interacting with the genie. Yep. 
uh, and he wishes for Polnareff land. Yeah, He wants to open a theme park in his image. I think, yeah. yeah okay. Someone's done some like image comparison of like the silhouette of Polnareff land and the um, theme park they're in in the Death 13 dream. Yeah. And they pretty much match up. Ah. So he's dreaming of Polnareff land, the theme park of his dreams. <laughs> that's actually amazing. Yeah, that's fun. Holy shit. Can I just say, David Productions... Has been incredible. Incroyable. Like, on point with all this. Yeah. Like, so on point with all this. Like, it's... Oh. Respect. Absolute fucking respect. Every animator, pretty good. Got to acknowledge uh, the use of ominous katakana. Mm. Uh, of course, that's... It, I'm sure that's used in manga much more than it is just in JoJo's, but having... Having it translate to anime is, in, in my experience, a rare thing. Mm. Um, who was the first studio? It wasn't David. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah. David the whole time? Yeah. Oh. David, baby! But then they changed art style. Yeah. Mm. Different creative directors and things like that. Uh, I see. I see. Mmm. Fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. Honourable mention to all the colour palette shifts. Uh, oh. Double honourable mention to just like... The colour scheme in Mario just being kind of weird in general. Like yeah. the yellow sky and... Yeah. Just Mario as a thing, I was really into... Like, you don't get much world building in JoJo's. I've said this so many times before, but I would play the shit out of a Yakuza-style JoJo game set in mm. Mario where you just wander around the town and, like, do whatever. See some stands, do some stand Go to the arcade. Oh, man, that'd be so good. We should make that. Please, Ryu Gagotoko Studios. <laughs> do it. You did Fist of the North Star. Do, do Jojo, Jojo Part 4 Diamond is a not crash. <laughs> Anything else you would like to discuss, Liam? Nick, you asked me in what may or may not end up being in this episode. <laughs> what we're doing next. Yeah. We actually talked about that last week, but if people don't remember... So and when I say last week, I do, of course, now mean two weeks ago. Shall we list some ideas? We've got some ideas. Of course, next from next episode, we're going to start doing Netflix Castlevania because there's a new batch of that coming and it seems timely. Yeah. And we like it. Mm -hmm. Want to put this to you? Yeah. Yes or no? Should we hold off on watching the new batch until we get it up to it in the podcast? Hmm. Hold off on watching the new batch. I would say yes. Okay. Committed. <laughs> Wait, so when we say the new batch, you mean... The new episodes of Netflix Castlevania. So we'll hold off on Castlevania or we'll hold off on watching Castlevania? What? <laughs> As in the new season. We w No, we won't watch it until we get up to it in the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, correct. Yes, I'm with you. 100%. Cool. Hundo P. Yep. We were talking about some like ideas of... Because there are no rules. We're just killing time till part six. It's but we're going to have fun doing it. Yeah. Um, we talked about doing like some theme months. Like, this is trash month. We're going to watch some anime we think is trash. So I might put up a Patreon poll that's like, what should we do for trash and month? And we'll do like an episode of each show. But I think mo for the most part, we're still going to keep doing like some deep dives. Yeah. I want to do Samurai Flamenco. I want to do Fist of the North Star. I want to do some, probably not all, because it's like 100 episodes long, Legend of Galactic Heroes. Jesus, yes. I want to do Trigun. I want to do Trigun. I want to do... I want to do some, not all Dragon Ball. I want to do some, not all One Piece. These are long things. Exactly. Some, not all. Yep. But like a like like an arc of it. So that we yep. at least have a start and finish point. They need to be something Jojo-ish, of course. Mm. Or something in line with our tastes. As we said at the end of our uh, episode 152, the only... Number dropping. The only real criteria mm -hmm. is that... We need to want to watch it or be able to force the other person to watch it. It's true. But generally speaking, we're going to be aiming for something with a certain, as the French would say... Je ne sais jojo. I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, as the French say, 
Jojo. Yeah. Ba-da, ba, 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 we're going to do some Star Jojo. Wars. We're going to do some uh, Mando. We're going to do some Witcher. Oh, God, we're going to do the shit out of Mando. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so keen. I'm very ready to... Maybe I yeah. should not watch Mando until we do it for the pod. Yeah, do it, because I've already seen it. Yeah. So it'd be good for you to be like, oh my god, this is Ooh. rad. We'll probably Roll do... reversal. We'll probably do for our patrons... Um, Weirder, more creative ideas. Well, yes, that too. Like, think more things like how recently we designed our own merch-driven anime. Um, but <laughs> I, what I was going to say was, for our patrons, we'll probably do some things like, you know, Trash Month is coming up. As a patron, suggest some things to for us to put in Trash Month. Yeah. Because I will check the patron, and it's gonna it's gonna fill out. I hope. Yeah, uh, and of course uh, we do commit to being you know slumming things down when we need a rest in the off season. Mm. But uh, and and it'll vary a bit, but we do commit to being fortnightly at the most infrequent. Hmm. Hopefully, well, unless we unless die. life gets in the way, which fucking life does. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it doesn't. Rohan Kashibe OVAs on the way. Other yes. JoJo OVAs exist. Might yes. be fun to do a comparison. Absolutely. You know, no rules, just right. Whatever works. Summertime, baby. It's going to be an interesting time ahead. Nick, are you going to make us a new theme song? Oh, you know what's actually really interesting is I got... There's a guy named Nick at work. Ooh, that is interesting. It is. Uh, is it you? No. And he produces music, so I might get him to do it unless I do it instead. But we like your music. You know what, Liam? Maybe I'll just make my own music then. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah. We probably don't need a new theme song for everything we do in the off No, but it'll be some kind of song about... Let's, let's be real. Most of what we're going to pick is going to have to do with, in a very tangential way, spreading the word about the undead menace. Yeah. Which, of course, could mean robots. They're not undead, but the undead can use them. They are unliving. Um, it could mean vampires. It could mean zombies. It could mean just really corporate assholes in some dystopian future. Vampires. Yeah. Uh, and of course, our other core competency, the bullshit we always talk about. I'm talking Star Wars. I'm talking <laughs> Metal Gear. Some, someone was like, I told them that someone made the great joke that this show is a podcast about two friends desperately trying not to be a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> and he was like... Oh, why, why is that? I'm like, because we keep talking about Star Wars. Like, yeah, but why are you trying not to be a Star Wars podcast? I was like, because it's a JoJo's podcast. You know what I'm really interested in seeing? What the new dynamic that's gonna that's going to inevitably emerge organically in the off-season yeah. is how much it all comes back to JoJo. Yes. If, if JoJo is not the thing that we are avoiding talking about, <laughs> it will. It, it's got to take its place at the head of the pantheon of things we always divert to talk about. You have to understand, both of us, we know... Like, a few people now who, at some point in the conversation, Jojo will come up. Mm -hmm. No matter where we are, Jojo will come up. So for us, not being able to talk about Jojo once a week every Saturday... It's gonna be... For us too... It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a... A Jojo I mean, dilemma. We talked about it. We talked about it at the top, at the top of what is now last week's episode, because we mm. went really long today. Yes. Um, but, you know, we have been... For, ba- for basically every week for the past four years, uh, fortnightly for a period before that, yeah. we have met up and spoken for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> what are we going to do? Keep on keeping on. How fucking Sam yeah. Porter Bridges, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, now I know what the, uh, the music has to be now. I don't know if it would factor into our podcast schedule at all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we won't do a podcast this week because we're doing this instead. But it would be fun to explore... 
at least our, what our options are for doing like some video game stuff. Yeah, because I know Cause we like video games. It's just that we can't record them easily. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I've got good internet here now, uh, much better than at my last place. Mm. So you know, is streaming a thing we can do? Maybe depends how powerful your computer is. Oh, we got the Patreon for that. Yeah, true. <laughs> Over all these years. Um, but yeah, no, I'd be I'd be very keen to try and make it work. You know. Yeah. Let us know, listener, if that's something you'd be interested in. Well, I know there are at least four people that would be. Great. And they're all on Patreon. Two of them in this room. Uh, (laughs) No, I think we've had specific requests that's like, you guys should play these games. Uh Because I would be really interested to have, like, long-form content that I can, like, put as a video nearby while I do something else. Because because the fact being facts is, unfortunately, we we don't have enough time to do, like, something like that regularly in addition to the podcast. Yeah, which is very annoying. Now, if the Patreon got up to, like, $5,000 a month. <laughs> well, the nice thing is, like, we could just chuck up unedited gameplay. Yeah, true. Which is, like, you know, Super Best Friends or Game Grumps or, or whatever like those guys. streamer. Yeah, almost any streamer does. And it would just be like, oh, we could just record for a while, chop them up, boom, donezo. But is that going to be... It's still time, though. Is it going to be good content? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is just us talking. We're just having a good old gab. Yeah. Nick, what are you up to today? I'm going to be editing some stuff. Ah. Yeah. And we got to record a thing after this. Yep. Oh boy. All right. Feels like we're kind of running out of steam. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Guys. Oh, guys, go see Knives Out by visionary director <laughs> Ryan Johnson. It's really good. I just wanted to say. Did you see that? No. You really should. I'm trying to say something. <laughs> I'll get the DVD and we can watch it. Oh, that's a good idea. We'll get it on Betamax. Yeah. We'll, take, we'll take a week off and be like, oh, we'll get Knives Out. It's fine. Actually, we can't because we have to record something next week for the Patreon. There is never a day off in JoJo's <laughs> world. Anyway, I wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, Liam, thank you. Thank you, Nick. For bringing me into this weird and wonderful world of JoJo. Thanks for hanging out with me and letting me talk <laughs> over you a lot. See, I love that there's two very different messages here of like, thanks for this amazing journey yeah thanks for letting me just make a podcast i was thinking about our dynamic mm. um the other day because you know getting to an end of a of a huge task like this reflection is yeah is it's something you, you inherently to yeah our dynamic i think has gradually shifted over over the course if i remember back to if i remember back to our early days because i was i was the one with like the the greater textual knowledge mm. i was very much in control of the recap mm. and these days it's become much more of a i think i think i probably still take the lead a bit more because i take the notes yeah but it's become much more of a um a of, an e- of an equal partnership yeah which is actually we truly crazy. are co-hosts <gasps> we did it We're bye still- <laughs> <laughs> oh but also thank you to all the listeners oh actually genuinely bitch. <laughs> thank no, you listeners yeah, liam like, doesn't want to it say really surprised you. me when people started listening to this in, in, in such a big way so yeah like no tell your friends you know Tell your friends who are just starting watching JoJo. There's a great companion podcast yeah. for every episode. Now. I'm still blown away at people being like, but it's good. And I'm like, but how? I, I don't get it. You know, it's like, what we do is talk about JoJo's. Oh, I get it now. Because we talk about things they like. Ah, oh, <laughs> nice. no. Oh, no. Yeah, we might. Uh, <laughs> and we might do some stuff in the off season where like, you know, we revisit. We did a Patreon episode JoJo's a while back where we revisited part one. We might do some stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. No rules, just right, having fun. Yeah. Toodaloo. Thanks, everyone.